You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I'm here in the studio with Jeff, mid-sip of his coffee. How are you, Jeff? I'm well. How are you, Neil? I'm doing well. And Matt, you're uh, streaming over the interwebs. How are you doing today? I am. I'm amazed that Jeff didn't know with the big countdown that we were about to record to take a big sip of his coffee. If only there was a giant number that counted down from five, like a rocket launch. It's fine. I only aspirated most of it. Uh, (laughs) Wonderful. Matt, are you excited that today is episode 316, named after the highest selling wrestling t-shirt of all time? Um, Yes. To quote... uh, John 316. No, Austin 316? I definitely think it was Austin 316. I don't think they were selling John 316 uh, shirts at the WWE. Keith Urban might have been. That's true. And that's the bottom line? It is the bottom line. Well, uh, we have a very special episode uh, for you today. We normally say that, but this is even more special than normal. You can hear Ken there in the background. Uh, (laughs) That's the special episode. You were a ghost on one episode, right? Or is that me? Uh, I think it was you. Okay, it was me. All right, so... uh, It was probably it was. I think I can actually move my mic, though, Ken, if you want to say a few yes. words. Okay. Uh, so Ken is here. Um, he's sitting on the side. He's going to be uh, sort of a silent tag partner, which is the first time we're doing this, because we have a full studio of wonderful people that we're excited to introduce. Um, Patreon supporters uh, who, who came from different states to be here. Uh, it was a surprise um, for Christmas. Uh, we'll explain in a minute. But uh, first, let me introduce from uh, Carmel, Indiana. Bethy, how are you? Hi, good. And uh, Bethy, why don't you... Um, Uh, Tell us just how this all started. It was from your husband, Dr. James. Yes, Dr. James. (laughs) Um, I want to thank him. He, um, I asked for a Patreon subscription so that I could uh, potentially apply to be on the show. And knowing uh, my husband, uh, when I asked for this for Christmas, he went whole hog and decided to get the uh, day with the podcast hosts. So that's why we're here. And uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know this, we have a, an option that we never thought anyone would uh, do, <laughs> uh, which is nice that you're here, uh, Day with Triviality, where you could uh, hang out with us all day, do a show, and, and uh, get into some antics and, I don't know, uh, Jeff, uh, flag football and uh, going to the gas station and 
listening to uh, Wham and shooting gasoline at each other, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, actually, freak gasoline fight accidents are mandatory as a day with triviality. So great. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, well thank uh, James for doing that for you. And also, um, do you want to introduce? Uh, I haven't done this before. Do you want to introduce the person who introduced you to our show? Oh yes, that's awesome. Um, so I I applied to be on, uh, or I asked my husband if I could get a Patreon subscription because um, I was hoping to be able to maybe be on the show with my sister Bridget, my older sister, um, who introduced me to this uh, podcast four years ago, three years ago. Um, And Bridget had been listening for a while before. So I said, you know, when we plan this day, as long as she can be a part of it, that would be the, the highlight. So Bridget and her family drove to Indianapolis, and then we're up in Chicago for the day for this recording. Well, welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Of course. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am from Virginia, and um, I have... uh, Three kids, husband, and I'm a teacher, and we. I started listening to this in Spain when I was uh, living with, I think it was, I guess it was before COVID, um, but it, it was yeah, several years ago, and we've always loved trivia in our family, and so I was like, got to tell my siblings, and yeah, so it's been a fun thing for us all to listen to. Together. And you, you fell in love with the matador in Spain, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. No, I love soccer, and I fell in love with like the only Spaniard who could, couldn't possibly care less about <laughs> soccer at all. Um, so, yeah, my husband is from Spain. We met there. We moved back to Spain uh, in 2019, 2020. We were there with our kids and then fled in COVID, and now we're in Virginia. Well, so, we're so happy to have you here. That explains where our one Spanish listener went. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, Bethy, you said you're a nurse. Yes. And um, uh, you met Dr. James in a little bit of a Grey's Anatomy situation. Yep. Yep. We met uh, working at the same hospital um, while he was uh, just starting his job right out of residency. And we worked both worked on the uh, cancer ward, you know, very romantic place. So it was uh, all the rest is history. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you both for coming today, and it means so much that you uh, chose, uh, you know, the day of triviality. So it's nice to get to hang out. And normally, we only see people over the internet. We don't get a chance to hang out in person and do activities and everything. So it's just really nice that we could do this. So, so you're going to be partnering together today, uh, and Ken, you're going to be a silent partner. So you'll be there to uh, give any clues or anything like that. So um, it seems like we have a, a team name for both of you. If you're okay with this, I think. Sister Act, Rise of the Beehive. Yes. Okay. And Bridget, why uh, the Beehive? Uh, well, because we, in our family, we have um, everyone's name, first names begin with the letter B, and our last name, so our parents, first and last, and so when my mom's calling us, it's always like, buh, 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 buh. Anyway, so Beehive is kind of where that came from. All right. Well, fans of Beyonce, please don't come after us, uh, isn't the Beehive. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff, um, we got an inspiration from Matt. His favorite movie of all time, uh, I'm just going to say it is, is Theodore Rex, which is another Whoopi Goldberg movie. Um, so how about we be, uh, for your love of presidents, Theodore Roosevelt Rex? Sure. All right. Uh, well, cool. So, Matt, you put a game together for us today. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, if you guys follow me at twitch.tv slash trivialitymatt, I write a game every single month along with my girlfriend, Jane, and we stream it. Um, and so this month I wrote two games, so I'm very exhausted. Uh, but it should be a fun game. And what was the uh, impetus for this game or the way that you designed it, I should say? 
Um, well, I was struggling with categories, so I asked my good friend ChatGPT, uh, give me 20 categories, and these are some fun categories, so be ready for some good questions. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. Yeah. The cream of the crop. Well, as long as Ken is good to go, but we can get started then with question one, the category, famous inventors. World-renowned chef René Aron had cooked for celebrities and royalty before, but would describe this meal he made for a clown as the high point of his career. In 1981, he invented this famous food item, experimenting with hundreds of sauce options and batter recipes before settling on ones that he was loving. What is that food item he invented? Okay, uh, Jeff and I talked it over, and Jeff, you had some good ideas, so do you want to lock in? Uh, I think we should. Okay, so Lovin' and a Clown, McDonald's, yeah. right? Okay. So a sauce, is is that special sauce, like the Big Mac? But why would you need a batter? Yeah. So not 100% sure, but I think the filet of fish, since there was a reference to McDonald's with Clown and Lovin' and batter and the sauce. sauce could be the... <laughs> Yeah, so it's all there. That works. So Jeff, uh, you normally uh, try and get rid of clown and loving off your search history on the internet, but uh, you wrote down <laughs> what? Yeah, so um, I I kept thinking about balls and boots and other such things, and we're gonna say it's the McNugget. All right, so you guys both picking up on the McDonald's of it all, uh, but Jeff and Neil were correct. Ah. He invented the chicken nugget. Huh. Uh, the sauces, I think, were barbecue, uh, sweet and sour, and honey mustard as the three that he chose to start with. What's your favorite, Matt? Uh, honey mustard. Not available in most Chicagoland McDonald's, for the record. That's why I moved. I, I needed my honey mustard. <laughs> I'm a sweet and sour man myself. Every time my dad goes on vacation, he tries to bribe a McDonald's worker to sell him a whole grocery bag full of... <laughs> He, he recently bought 50 of them for $2.50. He's selling them out the well, back of his trunk. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that is disgusting. All right, moving on to it's question two. good for a year, two. Matt. All right, that's fine. All right, question two in the category of world landmarks. Approximately only 15% of this new wonder, Rose City, has been explored by archaeologists, which helps explain a bit of its Lost City nickname. Okay, so we don't know many... Um, cities that are being uncovered at the moment but we thought petra sounded like a nice name of a archaeological city so we're locking in with that yeah we don't know either um obviously atlantis had come up because it was lost potentially although it might not have ever existed and you know what probably didn't exist either but uh we just said cibola the city mm. of gold that's where that's the uh the, the thing you put in your mouth for your sore throat yes okay. yes cibola. <laughs> I thought El Dorado was the city of gold. Uh, new wonder. It's a new one of the new wonders of the world. It is a lost city. It is Petra, Jordan. Wow. Who that was you? My good job, friend. Wow. Thanks, Ken, for convincing me. <laughs> so points on the board there for Sister Act. 
All right, moving on to question three in the category of celebrity pets. Lady is currently the top dog of TikTok with 1.5 million followers. What breed is Lady the same as Baxter Reynolds, Marshall Rogan, and Gary Fallon? What was I was thinking back, Baxter Anchorman, but you said that was a mutt. So I was what were pretty you sure, unless he was a Cairn Terrier, but I don't think he was. Either way, fluent in Spanish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Much like And Bridget. very good at eating exactly. wheels of cheese. Um, yes, I had that thought for not of being on TikTok. A French bulldog was... That makes... That would make sense of being one of the top three and also being like one that people like to follow on. Like, I feel like the youngins like a French bulldog these days. Yeah, that sounds fine to me. Okay. That in. So I was thinking French bulldog, Jeff, because uh, it is so popular and there are a lot of TikToks for that. But for some reason, I think Gary Fallon is a golden retriever. I think when uh, during COVID, when they, they had videos at Jimmy Fallon's house, I believe uh, um, Gary was running around. But if you're okay going with that, that's what I'm going to watch. I'm good with it. All right, so those are the two top breeds, but Lady is a golden retriever. Oh, nice. Uh, Baxter Reynolds being uh, Ryan Reynolds and Marshall uh, Rogan being uh, Joe Rogan's dog. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. What supplements does Joe Rogan's dog take? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Whatever he's pushing on his podcast that week, I imagine. Uh, he played Raid Shadow Legend as well, if I recall. Okay, moving on to question four in the category of sandwiches. Sold in Serendipity 3 in New York, there exists a sandwich that costs a whopping $214, which is a whole lot of cheddar. Which type of sandwich is this? One that usually costs quite a bit less to make. It's funny because I've been to this restaurant many times because they're famous for frozen hot chocolate. There, That's their thing. Um, but I had no idea about the sandwich, but we can lock in. Okay, so, it's, so we're deciding to include sandwiches are... Burgers, maybe a wrap, whatever. So not uh, hot dogs. Like we'll draw the line there. <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the a wagyu beef burger would be something that would be quite expensive. We think. That yes, we'll that sounds that. very expensive okay. and fancy. Yes. Yeah. So a burger. Okay, burger. Jeff and I discussed. Uh, normally, Serendipity Three is famous for frozen hot chocolate, which is not a sandwich. But we said, what's the easiest sandwich to put cheese on? We thought maybe it's really expensive grilled cheese. Also one of Neil's favorites. That's true. So the answer is the quintessential grilled cheese. Oh. It is served on two pieces of French Pullman champagne bread, which is made with Don Perignon champagne and edible gold flakes. <laughs> it has white truffle butter and very rare cheese that I cannot pronounce. The sandwich is served with South African lobster tomato bisque as a dipping sauce. I'm going to put an asterisk by uh, Team Sister Act Rise of the Beehive because Ken uh, silently talked them out of grilled cheese. <laughs> so if it comes down to that being a decision point later in the episode, we'll, we'll give it to him. Yes. All right, moving on to question five. In the solar system, which planets in our solar system make up the Jovian planets? Okay, so we think that uh, the Jov Jovial is connected to Jupiter, so we... Want to have Jupiter, and we're adding Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, since we, that's kind of a all in order together. Yeah, not really solid on it, obviously. And Bethy, uh, you put your fist on the table and said it has to be Jupiter. Yes, yes, I did. Okay, and Ken's coffee spill, Jeff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if uh, you know, we don't know if these are the happy little terrestrial planets. Um, so we think it's the the big four gas giants. We said Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. 
All right. So Jovian essentially meaning like Jupiter, it is the gas giants, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Nice job. Okay, well, uh, after uh, five questions, it looks like Sister Act Rise of the Beehive is going to have 20 points uh, with an asterisk for later on. And then uh, Team Theodore Roosevelt Rex with 40 points. All right. Let's move on to question six in classic cartoons. Yogi Bear is one of the most iconic cartoon characters of the 1960s. But do you know which other Hanna-Barbera show he got his start on? It wasn't in a Doc Holiday special, despite what he claims. We can lock in over here. My rare, my rare appearance on this show. So um, Doc Holliday's famous line from Tombstone is, I'm your Huckleberry. So therefore... Huckleberry Hound? Is that the one? Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, as, as much as I wanted it to be wacky races, uh, I think Neil came up with the correct answer. He said Huckleberry Hound. And you guys picked up on the clue. It is Huckleberry Hound. Great clue and great performance. Okay. By Val Kilmer. That would be embarrassed we didn't get that on our own. Oh, well. It was originally a Val Kilmer clue, but I decided to go with Doc Holliday. Uh, question number seven in famous paintings. Guernica is generally viewed as one of the most powerful and moving anti-war paintings of all time. Which Cubist artist is credited with this work? Okay, so I believe uh, <laughs> it's Picasso, Jeff? Yes, I think this is Picasso. Okay, we're going to lock in with that? Yeah, that's what we said. We also said Picasso. Picasso. And the answer is Picasso, because how many Cubist artists are there anyway, right? <laughs> four. You guys locked in, right? There's four? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> to, tell you, cube, well. to tell you where my brain is at, Jeff, I uh, almost wrote down Will Sasso, which has nothing to do with Picasso. Yeah, but different, different kind of visual artist at times. Sure. He plays if a you're... Spanish teacher, doesn't he? On Modern Family. Oh, Oh, yes, you're right. Does and uh, I just remember his vines, though, where he would have lemons coming out of his mouth. Oh, yes. He was a big vine star. Yeah. But nobody talks about vines anymore. Moving on to question eight in cryptids and mythical creatures. The first eyewitness account of this cryptid occurred in 1995 in Puerto Rico. After an, after an investigation, it was determined the original description was based off the creature from Species, as the witness had just seen the movie. <laughs> Interesting coincidence. Neil's like, that movie was great. It's only six minutes long. He's fast forward to the parts he liked. Uh, let's just go with your answer. Okay. We're going to lock in what we think is a incorrect cryptid. Okay. So the only cryptid I know from that area of the world is a chupacabra, which it sounds like is not, but probably the wrong answer, but that's all we can come up with. Come up all with. Right. So. We had a similar discussion. Uh, couldn't think of what exactly that creature was that Natasha Hentridge turned into uh, after seducing men. So, Jeff, we said the same thing. Chupacabra. Well, sometimes you should just trust your gut because it's the chupacabra. Ah, there we go. And I wrote that question uh, so I can say that our new team name at Bar Trivia is the Pika Chupacabra. <laughs> and we have a great logo. And I'll post it in the uh, on the page on Facebook. In the crop. Thanks nice. for checking out. Yeah. All right, moving on to question nine in sports rules and regulations. So in the newest XFL season, they have removed the point after try after a touchdown. There are three different options that you can do after you score a touchdown. What's the most amount of points a touchdown can be worth in the XFL this season? That's my guess. I have no bearing here, though. 
You guys not keeping up with the right. XFL? I don't care about off-season <laughs> football. I don't care about on-season football anymore, really. So, I've been watching a little bit of the XFL, so I think I know what he's going for, and I I just can't remember the point system, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're right with this. Okay. Um. So we're gonna lock in. Uh. What do you two think? So they're saying how much is a touchdown worth, but they got rid of the like the um just a regular field goal, which would give you the extra point from going from six to seven. And then redoing the touchdown. I don't know. It's not called that, but for the t- for two, two points. Two point conversion. Right. So, which so makes just... it eight. But I wonder if then when they got rid of the one point, did they add like something else you could do to get three and it would be nine points or do we just go with eight? I say we just go with eight. I'm not going to know anything else. Okay. okay. So, uh, you're going to go with eight. I think what they did was you, you get the ball either on the like one yard line for one point, uh, five yard line for two points, and I think 10 or 15 yard line for three points. So we're going to say if you do the really long uh, conversion, you can get 10 total. So Neil is very good at knowing the XFL, but very bad at math. Uh, you can get one point from oh, the two, two from the five, or three from the 10, making it nine points. Why did you wrote nine? I know, I wrote nine. That was my bad. Sorry. I was thinking I, I really screwed up. <laughs> Thank no, you. It's all even now. It's Neil all even. Cheese. Neil wrote okay. nine, and then he crossed it out, and he wrote ten factorial. I well, I was like, yeah, and I for some reason I was thinking the touchdown was seven. I'm like, no, it's six, idiot. But that was my fault. Uh, that was my bad. I'm sorry. That might be my favorite thing that's ever happened <laughs> on the show. So we're we're even now. Yeah, the asterisk is gone from ten. <laughs> all right, let's end round one with some wine. Question ten in wine. No, the final S isn't for sloshed. In order to truly appreciate a glass of wine, one would be best served sticking to the five S's. I'll give you number one, which is C, and number five, which is savor, uh, the first and the last ones. But what are two, three, and four in the five S's? So we'll go that. So the, these we'll two? Add, we'll add in this one for the third. All right, we'll omit suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and squash. You don't have to do the grapes yourself, right? Right. And Bridget, you seem to be someone who's probably good with wine. I don't know. I could be making that up because you lived in Spain. So I'll let you guys take it away. We're locked in. Oh, yeah. I've got some great S words. I've got slosh, spill, soak. Any of these? <laughs> soak in that bell? wine. I said spit. <laughs> well, At so a tasting potentially. Yeah, I can see that. We were given sea, sea and savor, right? Yes. Okay. So smell. So we're ending up with first step you gave gave us was C. So we're adding um, swirl, smell, and sip. Okay, so they're going swirl, smell, and sip. Jeff, I think we had the same thing. I think so. Yeah, swirl, smell, and we said swish. Yeah, but that's because I thought you meant swirl. Uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, swish, smell, or smell, swish, sip. Yes, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Well, well we mean swirl. We mean swirl. All right. Well, you're going to see the wine first, then you are going to swirl the wine, and then you're going to sniff or smell. I'll accept either. Then you sip, and then you savor. Um, So you guys both had all the steps, maybe not necessarily in the right order, but let's give points to everybody, because I like to give points to everyone. Thank you, Matt. After the first round, it looks like 20 points is all that separates both teams still. So it's going to be Theodore Roosevelt Rex in the lead with 80, but only 20 points behind Sister Act Rise of the Beehive with 60. Matt, uh, what do you have in store for the swing round today? All right. So the swing round is all about the Emmys for Best Comedy. Uh, I am going to give you, uh, we're going to go back and forth. Um, You're going to get 
the year, you can answer it with just the year for 10 points. Um, if you want the lead actor or actress, um, you can answer it then for five points. Um, and then if you still need a little more help for two points, I'll give you the year, the lead, and a brief synopsis that will really make it obvious what the show is. Um, who is behind? Sister Act. <laughs> so Sister Act, Trust you can choose if you want to go first or second. Uh, let's go first. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So you guys are going first. Um, so number one, the year 2018. So we'll take this. The, the we'll take lead. the next clue. Yeah. All right. Uh, the lead actress is Rachel Brosnahan. Oh, that's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as I recall. That's what we'll lock in with. All right. And for five points, that is correct. The year was 2015. Matt, we think we know it, but we just want to be safe, so we'll take the next clue. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> yep, we were right. We were right. We should have gone with it. We have Veep. Veep for five points. All right, moving on to number three, Sister Act. It's 2008. Do you want to, do you want to get the second clue? Or do you want to... Sure, I'm fine with that. All right, the lead actress is Tina Fey. Oh. So that's 30 Rock, then. That is 30 Rock and five points for Sister Act. All right, Theodore Rex, your year is 2005. I, let's go everybody with Raymond. Oh, you want to you confidently guess? Without... I feel good about it. I just watched an interview with him on uh, Rich Eisen, and I was like looking up his IMDb, and I, I think we're in the right area. <laughs> okay. All right, for 10 points, the answer is Everyone Loves Raymond. Oh, Neil! Why does that strike me as such an earlier show? It's it seemed way late for that show. They won they won they won Emmys way late. I think it was like a legacy run. thing. Like they were almost ending. They're like, oh, let's give them awards. Mm. All right, moving on to Sister Act. Your year is 1998. Yeah, because there's not, there's not a clear one for us, right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get, get the actor. actor. Yeah, the actor is Kelsey Grammer. <gasps> Frasier. <laughs> yes, the answer the answer is Frasier. Uh, moving on, Theodore. Roosevelt Rex or whatever you guys are, 1992. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not as confident as I was on the last one. We want to get the actor? We'll go for actor. All right. Candace Bergen. Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. I was wondering if that was going to appear on here. Yeah. It's Murphy Brown for five points. Sister Act, your year is 1986. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would want to get, get the, the actor, actor and then we'll, yeah. We need the actor. Um, B. Arthur. Oh, so Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. For five points, it's Golden I feel like Girls. You sound so disappointed every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> like you're supposed to know the years for Emmy Awards. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess it's okay that I don't. <laughs> but like the actor totally gives it away. So yeah. it's like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I will never get to these great uh, synopsis such as the series explores the relationships, advantages, and challenges they navigate their golden years with humor, wit, and grace. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never get it. But now I'm like, they're uh, so young to be in like retirement. Nowadays, it feels like that. Well, 50 is the new 80 or whatever yeah. we're talking they about. They still needed know. to be somewhat sexy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the they're hot in Cleveland yeah. 30 years later. Uh, moving on to 1983. No, Cosby won. I, I, that's why it's either Cheers is either 83, 84, or Cosby's 85, or Cosby's 83, and then Cheers is 84, 85. That's why I'm getting mixed up. Actor? Sure. Uh, let's go George Went. Yeah, cheers. All right, cheers, yeah. It's cheers. The lead 
lead of Cheers is obviously George Went, and that was the answer. All right, moving on. 1977. Um, take the take the actor. We'll take though, right? the actor. Okay. okay, the actress is Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> oh, now I'm totally lost. Oh. Mary Tyler Moore show maybe. That is correct. You almost <laughs> talked yourselves out of it. Neil wrote that down by the year alone. Oh, yeah. that's impressive. Originally, this was going to be Oscars, and uh, you Jane thought told that was me that too, uh... Neil would have all of them yeah. by the year, so that would not be Thank fair. Thank you, Jane. Even, <laughs> even I have Oscars from like 1988 to current because of Neil, yeah. like memorized. So that's so funny. I know all some right, in and the, the 70s. final one, 1974. Just to be safe for these last points, we'll take an actor. Alan Alda. Mash, right? Yeah, we'll go with Mash. And the answer is Mash. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. After the swing round, it looks like Sister Act Rise of the Beehive is picking up 25 points, bringing their total to 85, and Theodore Roosevelt Rex picking up 30, bringing our total to 110. Before we get to the second round, just want to say thank you to all of our patrons who helped make this show possible, including uh, the two in our studio today. So thank you, Bethy and Bridget, for being here and for supporting the show. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, Jeff, uh, what can people expect if they go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast? If you are interested in supporting the show uh, financially on a monthly basis, there are so many great options over at Patreon, including uh, ad-free episodes. So if you're interested in that, uh, often we will put those out just a little bit early, depending on our production schedule. We have special bonus episodes for patrons at $5 more or month. And um, just, uh, just to set the record straight, you could be on the show without supporting us on Patreon. We do very much appreciate it, and we do try to give you priority booking but uh we uh we love and appreciate all of our guests without being creepy so um yeah but uh if you're interested in supporting us we'd very much appreciate it patreon.com slash triviality podcast and bethy would you say it is a good christmas present <laughs> it is uh, an amazing christmas present um so if you're not sure if you want to spend that money in that way think about birthday or christmas it's a very fun uh way that i like to spend my time and um it definitely felt like a very good gift. Well, thank you, Dr. James, uh, for being a saint. 
Matt, what do we have for Dr. the second Saint round? James. Dr. St. James. Dr. St. James sounds like a really bad, like, B-list character. <laughs> Played by Chris Kattan. Drake Ramore. All right, moving on to round two, question one in historical figures. In 1901, on her 63rd birthday, Annie Edison Taylor fell into becoming the first person to accomplish what feat? Okay, so the other team is locked in Jeff. Um, I believe she's the first person to survive falling into over a Niagara well? Falls. Wait, what? <laughs> falling over Niagara Falls. Into a well. Oh, I, okay. That she makes a lot more sense. by Lassie, I believe. Okay, so she is an Annie Oakley. What's her name? Annie Edison. Annie Edison Oakley? <laughs> <laughs> Sharpshooting inventor. Anyway. It's <laughs> Annie Edison, Anya Taylor. Little light bulb on her yeah, Annie Edison, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Um, she's, she's also the, the person that comes out of the well in the ring when you watch the ring. Um, anyway, uh, that's not with me, Niagara Falls, because I, I have nothing better. Yeah, I believe uh, that's our answer. We're going to say she's the first person to survive falling over Niagara Falls. We said the same thing. She was the first person to survive going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, I believe. I did it's have important. in a barrel written down. There <laughs> is one person who survived uh, not in a barrel. I believe he then later tried it again. Did not work the second <laughs> did time. Did not. Yeah. Don't oh, press what? your luck. That is what that phrase comes from, I believe. Because uh, he was pressed into a little bomb. All right, moving on to question two. In famous movie quotes, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Is one of the most iconic movie lines of all time. Betty Davis's Margot Channing says this after downing a martini in which 1950 movie that is surprisingly not about the Rough Riders' first lady? We can lock in. I like it. <laughs> Ken okay, said so it was all about Eve. <laughs> <laughs> A, a ghost whispered the answer to you, and yes. you're locking in with all about Eve. What did you guys say? Uh, yeah, one of the best uh, screenplays of all time. This would be all about Eve. I figured Neil would know it just from the quote. It is all about Eve. Great movie. Yeah, and, uh, Meryl Monroe, small character uh, in that uh, that movie. Rough Riders. <laughs> and DMX, somehow. Round two, question three in World Currencies. The origin of the dollar sign can be traced back to 1785, where it is believed to have come from the abbreviation PS that was used to denote what other currency? Yeah, we're locked in. Am I having like a moment or did we just hear this? Yeah, Matt doesn't listen to our episode. I don't listen to the show. Well, when I thought PS and money, I thought of peso and Bethy thought pound sterling, but we think we're going to go with the closer neighbor, peso. We agree. We said pesos. All right, well, the answer is the peso, so points to both teams. Moving on to question four of round two in elements of the periodic table. This noble gas is the fifth most abundant element in the universe, but somehow only makes up 0.0018% of the Earth's atmosphere. All right, so Jeff and I discussed, uh, I said I loved the gas from the mob boss in The Last Action Hero during the funeral, but he said it's not a noble gas, and you wrote down what, Jeff? Or you locked in, I should say. Yes, we are locked in. Yeah, you like helium, so that works. Yeah, we'll just go with helium. Not overthink it or <laughs> not try to think <laughs> more try to, at all. Not try to under or overthink it. Just think it. Just think uh, it. Okay, so you're going with helium. Jeff, uh, what word did you circle? Yeah, I was I was circling helium for a while, thinking that after hydrogen, it would have been the second most abundant. So I, I was a little hesitant. I thought it, that helium's got to be too abundant. So we went with the next noble gas in line, and we said neon. And Jeff is correct. It oh. is neon. So what is the top five elements by abundance, Matt? 
Um, it's got your hydrogen and then numbers two, three, and four, and then neon. <laughs> I didn't look up the rest. <laughs> I just have this information. Disappointing me, Matthew. Right. Oh, I apologize. I'm sure you guys have all looked it up at home and you have it. All right. Question five in round two is in popular TV shows. Which HBO comedy drama centers on the Roy family and their struggles to control their media and entertainment conglomerate in the face of its patriarchal owner's health uncertainty? Uh, we we Our, think of this show as uh, starring someone from a fast food chain that we really like, so we're going to lock in. Yes. I don't know why he does those commercials. <laughs> I, yeah, it, Ken's talking about why he does those commercials, and uh, it's, it has to be for the money. It has to be a lot of money, is my guess. Right? Or they just really like that brand. That fast food okay. chain. Yeah. Okay, we think, I remember the show because I was so disappointed that the guy had from Pride and Prejudice had an American accent. Mm. And I was like, I'm no longer going to watch this. Uh, but we think it's... <laughs> that makes sense. I get it. Se secession is what it's called. I've not seen it, but yeah, we're locking in with secession. So you're in agreement. So you, you love this. We're leaving. We're out. Secession. <laughs> it was a very short show. I'm so sorry. Okay. So speaking of Pride and Prejudice, you love that moment then when his hand like uh, shakes sure, when he's trying sure. to hold that urgent. Okay. Um, we think it's uh, starring the voice of McDonald's, Brian Cox. So we also said Succession. Wait, I it was Karen Culkin who did that. <laughs> no, Karen Culkin should be Pepsi because he pees his pants from Pepsi. Oh. Home oh, Alone yeah. well, yeah. reference. Yes, of course. All of that is correct. It's Succession. After five questions in the second round, Sister Act 2, uh, Rise of the Beehive, picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 125. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt Rex picking up 50 points, bringing our total to 160. And just a quick uh, little note from the magic of editing. Uh, we all took a little bathroom break. And uh, Bethy, you got to see the famous Shakespeare poster in the bathroom. What, what were your impressions? I just marveled at the poster as a whole since i feel like it gets uh referenced on on the show a lot did you um, catch any of the typos there's I many say, did it have more i did or not look super than you were i did not look super closely at the typos but bridget learned oh, i just saw a bear and i was like wait yeah. a minute what a bear in shakespeare and yes then and Tajinus, was like, i believe uh exits pursued by bear in the winter's tale yeah the winter's tale yeah, yeah. something that i only know because of my bladder <laughs> and speaking of bathroom habits, Matt is now back from the bathroom for question six, I think. Just in time for question six in round two, it's famous landmarks. The St. Louis Arch is the tallest monument in the U.S. It stands an amazing 630 feet tall. Within 10 feet, how wide is the arch? After some drawing and some uh, carrying of the ones, etc., we thought maybe it was wider than it is tall but not twice as wide okay, a little so less than double so we went with 1200 even i appreciate you drew your arch uh, impressionistically uh on your page there <laughs> jeff i had no idea i wrote 1500 but that's way off apparently yeah, so i don't i i think it's a little off um i haven't been there it was probably about eight years ago now that i was there but matt gave a very small range and i thought why would Matt give a very small range? And it's probably because he's being a bit of a cheeky bastard. So we said 630. I think it might be as wide as it is tall. And you would be right then. Well, we appreciate all the math you did anyway, but it is as wide as it is tall. Oh. And the answer is 630 feet. Wow. Uh, did You said that, Bridget, right? No, she did. Oh, Bethy no, Bethy did. did. Bethy okay, said. yeah. I knew you, you both said it. Okay. 
Yep. Then she got railroaded into a different answer. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's a lot thicker. For you. It's a lot thicker at the bottom, right? Than it, it is at the top. So, so I thought maybe it's a little bit of an optical okay, illusion. All right. Question seven in round two is in World War II. Following World War II. President Truman signed the Economic Recovery Act of 1948, providing aid for those Western European countries most affected. More known as the Marshall Plan, it was named after George Marshall, who held what title at the time? If it was signed today, it would be known as the Blinken Plan, which doesn't roll off the tongue as much. Um, we think that the Blink Blinken is Anthony Blinken, who is, we believe, the Secretary of State. So that's what we're going with, Secretary of State. And you also drew a picture of Anthony Blinken. So we're going to agree with you. We think it's Secretary of State. Weirdly, it's like He's photorealistic. Like, it is photorealistic, yeah. <laughs> yes. And the answer is the Secretary of State. Very nice. Good job to both teams. Question eight in round two in mythological gods and goddesses. While being mostly associated with the sea, Poseidon was also the god of this land animal, of which I'm pretty sure they aren't referring to the sea version. Because it's on land. What a weird way to write that, Matt. Oh, yeah, that that's, yeah, with his clues, that makes sense. Although we were tempted to put chicken, like the chicken of the sea, or maybe a cucumber, cucumber like a sea cucumber. We, Bridget, uh, honed in on horse, so that's our final answer. Uh, yeah, we, we think it's horse. And the answer is a horse, of course. You've been firing on all cylinders. I think you're you're feeling comfortable now in the studio. A horse is a horse, a horse, of course, right? Unless yes. it's Mr. Ed. Is that how that works? Uh, usually. Uh, that's what I believe. All right, question nine. Sorry for being 85 years old. <laughs> <laughs> question nine in round two. Famous authors. This author of novels such as The Carpetbaggers and The Adventurers <laughs> sold over 750 million books in the 20th century putting him roughly fifth of all time. All right. Uh, we have no idea over here, so we're going to lock in, but you two seem to be writing some stuff down. I don't know. Uh, we went through a lot of authors and a lot of books, and we think we might be off by the years with Mark Twain, but we're going to lock in because of the carpetbaggers, we think, and he's well enough known that we're going to lock in with Mark Twain, we think, Samuel Clements himself. A lot of authors mentioned uh, across the table. We really had no idea. Initially, we were trying to do a play on F. Scott Fitzgerald, and we were going to say Ferdinand Dugray Scott Fitzroy. Um, but then we thought, you know, who's an author who has a lot of books, who has a lot of influence that seems like he's probably a time traveler and not human. Neil Fisher. Neil Fisher. We said, we said Tony Robbins. <laughs> and, and if you had just said the last name, you'd actually be correct. This is Harold Robbins, who had 25 best bestsellers on the list, sold over $750 million in books, and no one knows who he is. Number five all time. Crazy. <laughs> Who is so Harold cool. Robbins? This just proves that that, that can fame be is book, even Neil. less. Uh, he wrote he wrote sultry novels. Oh, and they were oh. very like very popular. Of course, we don't really know who 20s? has his. Books. I would never know who that was. Right. <laughs> the flapper's dress approached her. She showed her ankle. Robbins. Oh my Gives a whole new meaning to the word carpetbaggers. <laughs> <laughs> Statistically, there are six people in this recording. One of us reads exclusively romantic novels. <laughs> That's so funny. Who's the only one who knew his name before the question? Harold Robbins. Matt, because he wrote it. Yep. Yeah, yep. that is 100% correct. I didn't know it before I looked it up. All right, final question. Question 10 in round two in human anatomy and physiology. Sounding like a piece of shapewear, what is the name for the fused bones identified individually as the ilium? 
the ischium and pubis? Well, um, I know that those are all parts of the pelvis. So the ilium, the ischium, and then the pubic bone is just like where they meet up front. Um, but what sounds like shapewear, I'm going to just say hip flexors, even though I think that might be some muscles. Right. So. Is there anything else that's like, that's bone, which a system of bones is what we're looking for, the name of a system of bones? I would just call that hip bones. Right. So that's why that doesn't not, sound shapewear-ish. So. There's nothing like the wonder bones or the sphinx, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of shape. Like a wonder bra. Right. Um, okay, hip, hip flexors works. Flex, flexor could be a... All right, so you're looking with hip flexors. Um, Jeff, well, you said we were thinking of ilium, ischium. The Odyssey. The Odyssey, correct. Um, <laughs> and, Bethy, you said you think the bones connect with the pubis, and as we know, all roads lead to the pubis. <laughs> um, Jeff, uh, you had a – I was thinking pelvis as well. Not, no, yeah, all roads do not lead to the pubis for Ken, uh, but he is big in the ischium area. Um, it's a – it's what do you call it? It's a uh, erogenous zone, the ischium. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> Just remember, not all bones lead to the pubis. Oh, they do, Jeff. They do. <laughs> um, so you wrote down something to do with pelvis, which I agree with, because I think it is in that area. Yeah, so talking about this question, Matt was talking about a piece of shapewear, and other than Spanx, I really couldn't think of much until I came up with what I believe is possibly the answer, and we believe this might be the pelvic girdle. Oh, and speaking of Girdle, right. Ken, uh, do you remember that uh, unreleased movie that Dana Carvey did as a sequel to Master of Disguise where he uh, wore a girdle? Girdle, girdle, girdle. <laughs> girdle, he girdle. Was, he was girdle enough for the girdle club. Oh, uh, this, <laughs> this is the pelvic girdle. Oh, nice, no, Jeff. After the final questions in the second round, it looks like the final scores going into the final round are going to be 145 for Sister Act 2, Rise of the Beehive, and Theodore Roosevelt Rex picking up 40 points, bringing our total to 200 even. So wow. it is still anyone's oh, nice. game, but Gee, high scores today. All right. Your final categories are going to be denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. All the wagers are now locked in. Matt, let's hear those questions. All right. Here are your final questions in denial. This former wizard and Kentucky Wildcat is the all-time leader in blocks for a point guard, having passed Jason Kidd just this last season. If you don't know him for his defense, you may remember him for his Dougie, which he would not teach me to do. In anger... The Angry Video Game Nerd is a popular YouTube series where host James Rolfe plays old Nintendo games and then gets, you guessed it, angry about it. The first game he ever reviewed was what NES adaptation of an 1886 novel by Robert Louis Stevenson? Question went all over the place. In bargaining, the most expensive thing ever sold to the Pawn Stars team were the original sketches from which 1963 Savage Children's book? In Depression, known for their sad blob commercials, sales of this antidepressant peaked in 2004 with more than $3 billion in sales. The commercials went a long way to destigmatize antidepressants as it became a bit of a pop culture phenomenon, having parodies on Mad TV and Family Guy. And Acceptance. In between their debut album and follow up album Pinkerton, Lead singer Rivers Como was accepted to which Ivy League school? 
If he wanted to destroy his school sweater, I assume it would be crimson. Okay, we're going to mull over these questions and be right back with our answers. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All the answers are now locked in. Let's go back to Matt for the questions, and we'll see how everyone did. All right. In denial, the former Wizard and Kentucky Wildcats, the all-time leader in blocks for a point guard. Uh, you might remember him for his Dougie. Who is this point guard? Uh, yeah, we wagered 20 points all the way down on these questions. Um, for some reason, I was thinking it was a current Wizard, but right. Um, but uh, we had no idea, so Jeff just threw out down uh, Dikembe Mutombo for 20 points. Oh, and uh, the other team wagered 30 points. We had no idea either. So uh, even though we were tempted to say Harry Potter, since he is a wizard, <laughs> we just went with Harden. They went with James Harden. No, the answer we were looking for is, I believe he's a current clipper. He's moved around a little bit since he left the Wizards. This is John Wall. Hmm. Ah. A name sure. that did That's not a great ring any bell. That's guy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, let's move on to Anger. And the Angry Video Game Nerd uh, played this game, which was adapted from an 1886 novel by Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, what did you guys have? Uh, for 20 points again, Jeff had this one right away. Yep. Uh, we guessed, well, I don't know if we had it, but we guessed his most famous. We said Treasure Island. We also said Treasure Island. So I, 30 points. So I didn't mean for Treasure Island to be a red herring, but it was apparently because <gasps> this is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> All right, 0 for 2, both teams. First question, first two questions. Acceptance. We are off to an excellent start. Oh. Well, you you were in denial. You thought you were going to do well, and now you're angry. So, yeah, we're going through all So what do you guys got for me for bargaining? Uh, the most expensive thing ever sold to the Pawn Stars is from a 1963 Savage Children's book. What do you guys got? We yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so we wagered 20 points on this one, and, and Matt, really, I hope if you could be so generous as to like help us out in case, you know, in the event we didn't get it. Um, we said that this was going to be um, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendlack. And you also wagered uh, 30 points on this one? 
We said Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak. Sendak, yeah. And they paid nearly $250,000 for these original sketches. It is Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah, we only needed the... I think they they liked the book so much because, uh, like the book, Vegas is also full of uh, wild things. Mm-hmm. And Chum Lee was apparently very wild at some point, uh, I believe. <laughs> the way you said that, I was like, this Chum Lee. <laughs> Chum Lee, <laughs> uh, as he's known. All right, moving on to depression. Uh, let's talk about the sad <laughs> yes, blob. Yes, indeed. Uh, what was that company? Yeah, I remember the ads well. Um, it's Zoloft for 20 points. We also said Zoloft. I definitely remember that ad. 30? For 30 points. And the answer is Zoloft. So you guys are coming around. Hey. Let's move to acceptance. Uh, Rivers Cuomo, which school did he go to? Yep, for 20 points. Uh, it helps to have a brother who's obsessed with Weezer and talks no, about it all the time. Doesn't he? That hasn't come up on the show. Uh, yeah, I, has it? I don't remember. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Rivers Cuomo famously went to Harvard. We also said Harvard. And the answer is Harvard. Right. Finishing strong for both teams. The scores are in, and it was uh, a close game, especially in the end there. It could have gone any direction, uh, but over, what was that, two? Um, In the beginning, it kind of went downhill from there, but it looks like the final scores are going to be 170 for Sister Act 2, Rise of the Beehive, and today's cream of the crop, Theodore Roosevelt Rex with 220 points. Yeah, I know. I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the cream. Great game, both of you. Thank you. It was back and forth. We were trading blows, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Jeff has a black eye. <laughs> it was uh, just Ken. I don't know why. He just like reached over and socked me. <laughs> Bridget uh, threatened to punch you in the face at one point, but we stopped it. Well, I'm actually Neil. She threatened to punch me in the back of the head. So. <laughs> Uh, Matt, uh, thank you for writing that game, and uh, I guess thank you to Chat thank GPT. You. We don't want the computers knowing we don't like them. Right? To be fair, I did write all the questions. Just so, just oh so yeah, people Chat don't GPT think is not yet at the. It is a very bad trivia writer. So. I, right. I, I did ask it to write a question, and it just said, uh, you know, what? Who has the most something or other? It's really bad. Don't use it. We well, still need, you. we still need trivia writers. Exactly. We need trivia writers. Uh, so if you'd like to be on the show, uh, email us at trivialitypodcast at gmail.com or you can find our sign up sheet. We're probably going to have a new one coming out uh, at some point in the future, but there's one in the crop and on Discord, I believe, if you search for it. If not, just send us an email. We'll, we'll give you the link. Um, but let's start with Bethy. Thank you so much for uh, organizing this and Dr. St. James uh, for helping you with that. But anything you'd like to tell the people at home or any final words before we let you go? Uh, I guess uh, just thank you, James, for uh, getting me this present. And even though you uh, put Jimmy in pajamas for the zoo today, I still love you. And um, oh yeah, and uh, thanks to our dad who got us into made us play Trivial Pursuit all the time as kids, and we started as a family to really love trivia and passed this podcast on from me to Bethy to our other sister Barbara and our brother Billy, all the bees. So Bill Brophy, the founder of the Beehive and the OG <laughs> trivia gangster. Yeah. Well, and yeah, thank you, uh, Bridget, for introducing Bethy. And it, we said off air that uh, one of our listeners who's been on the show before, Gabby, uh, who lives in Spain, is the one who introduced you to the show. Right, right, when we were living in Spain. That's so cool. Well, me, yep. shout out to Gabby. Thank you so much for uh, making this connection. It's I think the best way our, our show can spread is through word of mouth and by 
uh, people telling others. So if you like the show, just try and tell you know one person, even a month or, or a year, just tell one person you like the show and um, we'd be very grateful for that. Yeah, it's ludicrous, isn't it? It is, yeah. And can I say one just shout out to my yeah. husband who's taking care of the three little kids so that we can be here and Celine and Gigi and Demas who are behaving themselves at the zoo, hopefully. So thanks to Charlie for letting <laughs> me come and do this. Today. And hopefully not in their pajamas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think uh, one thing we want to say for sure is just a thank you to Airwave Media, our network. Uh, if you go to airwavemedia.com, you can listen to other great shows uh, like the Daily Meditation podcast. My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. Uh, I'm sure a healthy way to talk about politics. And uh, Subtext. Uh, so definitely check out some of those shows, uh, and, uh, you can see even more information about our show at that website. Um, and, uh, also find us at patreon.com slash triviality podcasts on social media at triviality pod discord, the crop, etc. And, uh, I'm going to hand it over to Ken to, uh, take us out because he's been silent the whole time and he's been bursting at the seams. Uh, and all right, Ken's going to say something. Okay. And Ken says, thank you very much, everyone. He didn't want to go on mic, uh, for Matt, Jeff, Bridget, Bethy. Ken and myself. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality.